Hi, this is Natalia Toker, founder of UpskillMe, and this is another podcast on communication and business. All the overlooked aspects of communication, all the things that they're not obvious to most of the people who handle tough negotiations, who sell, especially those who sell in the cross-cultural context, that means selling to someone who speaks a different language in the first place. And today we're going to talk about one of these aspects, which is how do you give a presentation when people interrupt you? I have been working with a lot of sales teams, especially this year. I train sales teams, I train marketing teams, I work with a lot of startups who pitch to investors, I would rather say, who learn to pitch to investors and try to make their ideas look and sound clear, simple, powerful and convincing. I'm going to share with you what I think about interruptions, how I suggest you can handle them, and what can help improve business communication in the cross-cultural context, but not only. The problem really starts with the expectations. When people prepare a presentation, they invest so much time and effort into preparing every single slide, into making sure that the information looks beautiful on the slides, and very often... To be honest, they don't invest as much time into delivering, into practicing the delivery of the presentation, into practicing how that really sounds, but they focus on the information on the slides, on the colors, the fonts, making sure it all looks fine and pretty. All this preparation makes them think that this is something valuable, that the presentation they're preparing is a valuable tool that everybody should pay attention to. So as soon as they walk into the room armed with their presentation that has, I don't know, 25, 160, 253 slides, we don't know, but as soon as they walk into the room, everybody should just shut up and listen to their presentation and never interrupt them until they're done. So the problem begins with this expectation that your presentation is important. And that because you invested so much time in it, people should appreciate that. And this is exactly the reason why people don't like being interrupted. They think it's disrespectful, they think it's annoying, and they don't like it particularly because it throws them off balance. They don't know how to continue after somebody asks a question that they did not expect. And I personally think that this is not your problem as a speaker. Uh, that somebody asked a question they genuinely wanted to ask. And in my opinion, and in my experience, I should say, the most successful communication, the most successful picture presentation would be always a dialogue between two or more people and never a prepared monologue. When you try to make everybody listen to your monologue that you had been preparing for three, five, six nights without any sleep or food, Hardly anyone is going to appreciate that. (laughs) And then by utilizing this approach, you're pretty much communicating to people that your time is valuable, your effort is valuable, and often more valuable than time, thoughts, comments, and insights of other people. If I think about myself as a client, if I analyze my own behavior as a client, to be honest, I would always interrupt. And I analyze the behavior of my own clients. I analyze the situations we've had with the sales teams this year. And there are only three 
scenarios where people would interrupt you. And all of them are not that bad. So the three of them are the following. Number one, people interrupt you because they you said something that genuinely interests them. So and, and they want to ask a question right now, right away. They don't want to wait until you're done. But you said something that uh, caught their attention and they want to learn more about that. So they might stop you, interrupt you and say, wait, 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 can you can you elaborate on that a little more, please? Because I read in the news or I read in, uh, in, in the article the other day, but that that was that way or a friend shared with me that he thinks differently or I, I by the way I saw this in the news and I really understand what you mean here so anything this can be an exciting comment this can be a question but because you said something that genuinely interests them so at this point if you try to ignore that comment that is rude if you try to ignore and not acknowledge that you actually heard a person and if you do not support his initiative to start a conversation here and to talk about this a little bit you lose the opportunity to build a rapport, you lose the opportunity to create a more meaningful connection with this person, and you lose the opportunity to show that you're actually interested in the person. Because when you say, look, you're going to now shut up, listen till the end of my presentation, and I take questions at the end, this is how you communicate that, dude, you're not interested to me. You all people who are listening to this presentation, I'm not in the list interested in you. But you all should be interested in my product because I came here to sell. And this is why, this is another reason why people might interrupt you because they can feel this kind of attitude. Even though we say everything correctly, we say all the correct words, we're being polite. However, we all as humans have this skill, inherent skill, we can feel when something is wrong. And we just feel so much that we can never explain with words. And people will feel that intention of yours. They will never be able probably to formulate that, but that might be another reason why they interrupt you. So the second reason why people would interrupt you is when you say something irrelevant, boring, um, and they just, they're just not interested in whatever you have to say. And that is the most frustrating for most entrepreneurs, salespeople, business owners, doesn't matter. Anyone who came to that room to sell, and you lose your confidence so easily when someone says, what is that number on the slide? Where did you get this number from? I think we had a different one in the report. Or when someone says, your report or your slide says, show, says it's, it's two million, what did you do with the rest? Because it's supposed to be five. <laughs> you know, or when somebody says, I think this data is outdated because the new report that I saw just this morning presented different uh, numbers. Or when someone, when someone simply and bluntly says, look, can we just get to the point? All of this can happen and all of this happened in my experience when, when people came, uh, when they, the meeting was scheduled and people came to sell something and they start selling according to their own scenario like they come to the meeting saying look i have an agenda and um, i don't care i have an agenda so the client the potential client the prospect might you know they might tell you without words very often look i, I get it you have an agenda but i'm also a human being and i'm also here in this room so it would be nice if you acknowledge my presence a lot of information is communicated without words. 
And because most people cannot read between the lines and they cannot read and work with that information that is communicated without the words, they do not understand where the words come from when people suddenly interrupt you. Nothing happens suddenly. There is always a reason for that. But because most people are unable to feel that and to respond to the energy in the room and I've not very good at reading people because people are also information and when we communicate we communicate a lot more than just the pitch we prepared or the questions we want to ask in terms of business we communicate we exchange a lot of information emotion uh, attitude energy during um, conversations during meetings even when we don't say much Um, and i think one of the most valuable skills in today's business communication would be to actually understand people and understand um, yourself in the first place. There are so many programs today that, or and software that tries to automate slide creation, slides creation. They try to make it easy to create slides because PowerPoint is still horrible. People still don't like it. They don't enjoy using it. And so there are so many um, startups that do they create software to automate slide creation, slides creation that can correct the information on your slides so that people spend less time creating their presentations. And people think that if they can automate the process of creating a presentation, then they automate the process of, a present, of, of presenting as well. However, I am an absolute believer that you cannot really automate the delivery of your presentation and slides is just the most unimportant aspect of any presentation of course you need to show them especially if this is an investor's deck or if if you need to show the numbers or if you need to prove to show the projection of possible potential results however you cannot automate the delivery of your communication and uh, my tip would be to never learn the text of your presentation by heart but also not to go to a meeting not prepared at all because if you prepare too much you will be unable to respond to questions interruptions and comments because whatever agenda you might have people on the other side of the table can have a completely different agenda and if you're unable to adapt or react quickly then the meeting is lost However, if you don't prepare at all for the presentation or you prepare poorly, you will fall into the same trap. You will not know how to start. You will probably ramble in the beginning. You will not have your the structure of whatever you want to say. And when people feel that, they also interrupt you because probably you'll be saying a lot of irrelevant information, which is not very well structured. And the third reason why people would interrupt you is whenever you say something is not clear to them. They genuinely do not understand what you just said. And they would ask that the question, um, what do you mean here? What exactly does that mean? Or where does this assumption come from? Or can you please explain this to me a little more? And if a person is not ready to stop right in the middle of the presentation to explain it to them because they have uh, their agenda and they need to be talking about something else, this or because they didn't prepare answering that question, this might also cause a lot of confusion and a lot of frustration for the speaker. If you think about it, all three reasons why people interrupt you, it all of them 
communicate that a person is willing to connect. So the reason behind people interrupting you is they really want to connect with you. They don't understand something, so they want to understand. They think you're giving them irrelevant information, so they're asking for respect, and they want to move to the most relevant part of your presentation as fast as they can, and that's understandable. Or they really like whatever you said, and they interrupt you to show you the appreciation, and they interrupt you to show that you're alike. Yeah, I also think that way. I also like this idea. So all the three reasons I believe we should appreciate when people interrupt us because they are giving us a chance to create a dialogue, to start a communication, to build a stronger bond, to make sure you right now can work on creating a long-term trustworthy relationship with that person, which always leads to more business in the future. When I think about myself as a client, I always interrupt because I care. I, I care. I, if I were listening to the entire presentation without asking anything, that just wouldn't be me. And that would mean I'm thinking about whatever I'm going to get for lunch or that I'm thinking about something else and I don't care about whatever the person has to say. But because I want to participate in this conversation, I interrupt and I ask questions. When I analyze the behavior of um, investors and when they have negotiations with startups and decision makers and C-level executives who take investment decisions in companies or who need to approve of big budgets into the marketing strategy, it was I was surprised and at the same time I thought, wow, yeah, that, that strategy works. All of them interrupt those people who come in with slides. All of them, absolutely. And it's funny, I also learn it from my clients who come to me and say, can you help me to not freak out when I present to the board? Because they always interrupt me and this is the most frustrating. I prepare so much and then they ask a question I didn't expect and I don't know what to say next because I think the reason why they interrupt me is because they don't like what I'm saying that they do not like my presentation, that they do not appreciate what whatever I'm saying. And that is not always the case. If you think why people interrupt you is because they care about whatever you're saying and they care about whatever they're receiving. Therefore, my recommendation would be take this interruptions as an opportunity and also to connect and also thank those people for giving you a lesson on how to be more spontaneous. A conversation is never meant to be a monologue and business conversation is always a dialogue. Even if the other person is just listening, it still should feel like a dialogue. So when people ask me what I can do to feel more comfortable when people interrupt me and how I can handle those conversations, those interruptions with more confidence and dignity, I normally give these recommendations um, and I'm going to share with you my thoughts, what I think works. Number one, um, never learn the text of your entire presentation by heart. Especially if you're preparing a presentation in a language which is not your first language, you're very inclined to learning the entire thing by heart because it's not your first language, you're afraid to forget things and you're afraid to say something that is not correct. However, that is not a very good strategy because if you forget one word, you're lost forever.
It's interesting, but also people who present in their first language use that approach and they intend to learn everything by heart and it never works because first of all, I can feel that you're reading, even if you're reading from your mind. And I feel that you're not here, you're not talking to me, but you're trying to remember whatever you learned the night before. If you think that that's not obvious, I'm telling you, people feel everything way more than you think. And when we talk to decision makers, business owners, investors, they have phenomenal intuition. These people, they read people just like that. They read people very, very easily. And this is part of the reason for their success. This is part of the reason why they make good investment decisions, why they're able to hire excellent team and how they're able to attract talent because they have they trust their intuition so whenever you communicate to those people that you actually don't care about them and you care about your text and your slides and being correct you're communicating disrespect and they sense that very easily if this is a presentation in front of more than one person maybe you're talking in front of a group of five ten 15, 100 of investors or the board or like a lot of shareholders, maybe it makes sense to learn the beginning of your presentation, which might be the first three or four sentences, because in the beginning, we're always nervous and we want to sound confident in the very beginning. This is when we capture the attention of the audience. This is when we um, make sure the people are interested and, and here we want to feel the most confident so knowing that everything you're saying is correct and that it has structure will also give you confidence, will calm you down. So it's a good idea to learn the beginning of your presentation. But then everything else, have bullet points for yourself, practice in advance. Make sure you record yourself several times and you listen to your own recordings because this is how you can truly evaluate and how are you being perceived. It's good to keep the recording for a couple days and then listen to yourself a couple days later. You'll get a very sober analysis of what, how you sound and how other people hear what you have to say. And that is actually the second recommendation. Record yourself more often. Most of the time we have no idea how we sound. And when I record my clients for the first time, every time, every single time they share the same response. Oh my God, that's not me. I hate my voice. I, I just hate it. I cannot listen to that. Don't, don't punish me like that. Don't make me listen to this one more time. And, you know, I was watching the, I was listening to the interview with Kobe Bryant, uh, the famous basketball player. And... He shared in that interview that the most frustrating moment probably was when his coach made him watch his games. So the coaching strategy would be that Kobe would come to the office of a coach, turn the TV on, and they had to watch the entire game. Not just the moments where he was great and not just the failure moments, but they would watch everything from the very beginning so that he could see himself during the entire game, how he would play, how he would catch the ball, how he would talk to the rest of the team, what he would do uh, after the game, before the game, during breaks, everything, every moment. And he said that was the most difficult part. <laughs> 
first of all, he thought that no one was watching. You know, you have that feeling when you're just being yourself, you think no one is watching. And then when you actually watch it, you see so many things about yourself. You don't need a coach. You don't need anyone to tell you what you need to change about your behavior, about the way you move, about the way you talk, about the way you speak when you see it yourself. And the coach through the entire session would say nothing. But he said he hated it. And he learned the most from this sessions when they would simply watch TV together. And I can tell you from experience, when you record yourself, you learn so much about how you sound. And people pay too much attention to the words they were saying, as I mentioned in the beginning, to the numbers, to the slides, to the colors, to the fonts, to the words. But they don't practice delivery, therefore they don't pay attention to the intonation. And a lot of people don't even notice how they manipulate, how they put pressure on people, how they create a lot of tension, how they communicate very weird expectations, and how they put themselves first when they talk, just by using the wrong intonation and just by not thinking properly about their intention. When you go see a client, you're not the most important person in the room. Even though you have the presentation, even though you prepared for so long to give that presentation, and even though you have the most beautiful slides, probably, a client is the most important person in the room. And there is a reason why you're there. You're there for the client. Very often we don't show that respect and appreciation for the client and we assume that the client has to listen to everything we have to say, even though we expect him or her to spend money on whatever product we have. And we expect them to have very certain questions that we are ready to answer. And we expect them to be convenient, comfortable and ask only those questions that we know how to deal with. Which is an illusion if you think about it. A complete illusion, an absolute misunderstanding of the human nature. So when you record yourself enough, you learn how you can fix those things and how you can sound more convincing, more confident and more caring. And another tip, if you really want to practice to be more spontaneous and to feel comfortable about being spontaneous and about people interrupting you is listen to a lot of interviews. Uh, to be honest, that's one of my favorite um, podcasts that uh, are interviews with people that I like and I like what they create. I always want to learn more about them. But then when I did this many times, I realized that's a wonderful practical exercise. So when so I love interviewers who ask questions that are intriguing, interesting, not very obvious, surprising. And then I think to myself, how would I answer that question? So listen to an interview that you like with a person that you also appreciate, like, and maybe admire. And write down all the questions that they asked the, the person, that the interviewer asked. And then try to answer those questions one by one yourself. And what you need to pay attention here is how long does it take you to think about an answer? So how much time passes from the moment that you ask yourself that question to the moment where you actually have a decent reply to that question? A decent reply, that means it's, um, it's, it's good, it's detailed, it's convincing, it sounds confident, and you're not looking for words to give an answer to that question. 
ask yourself, I don't know, five, six, six questions each time. And as soon as you hear an interesting interview, try to apply all the same questions to yourself. Probably going to find out that it takes you a while to answer the question. And then you also understand why it takes you a long time to answer those business questions that you didn't expect and why this actually throws you off balance. We don't like new information. So whatever is new, we don't know how to deal with this. And we don't know how long it's going to take us to deal with it, to handle it. And therefore, we feel lost. And when we see that, in fact, it's taking us a long time um, to figure it out, then we lose our confidence. And therefore, we don't like the people who interrupt us for this reason, because they show us we're not confident enough and we lose our confidence because of them. So this connection in our brain is created for this exact reason. Therefore, if you practice answering unusual questions, unusual for you, more often, you get used to them and you you, you train your brain, actually, to pay more attention to new information, to learn how to deal with this new information, listen to how other people deal with those questions. You will hear a lot of interesting examples and a lot of interesting answers, and this will give you food for thought. So the more you practice, the easier it will get. And the last recommendation would be to always remember that a client is a person in the first place, not just a wallet and not just... A bank account information. It's. I know it sounds horrible, but in reality, a lot of people communicate with name, status, and bank account information, and they don't really communicate with a human being. So they forget that a client is a human being in the first place, and this connection on the personal level is simply not there. People only talk to you if they're interested in buying something or if they're interested in selling something. As long as you, as soon as you show no interest in selling or in buying whatever they have to sell, you immediately become uh, an interesting person to them. And that's sad to see, very sad. So if you show that willingness to connect on a personal level, if you show that willingness to communicate to another person and to answer the questions that another person genuinely has why not you will have way better results maybe you're not going to follow your agenda maybe you'll have to ditch your agenda but that doesn't really matter if the result is positive and the positive result is a trustworthy long-lasting connection relationship with a person really good connection a really good level of understanding each other and this always, always leads to more business opportunity, business deals, and high-quality relationships. So to summarize, I would say try to understand why people are interrupting you. Maybe there is no reason to get angry with those people, and maybe that's an opportunity. Because if they didn't ask that question, you would never learn what is important for your client. Then record yourself more often and listen to yourself. Try to get used to how you sound and what other people hear. This will give you a chance to actually hear what other people hear when you talk. Practice asking yourself difficult, unusual questions that you hear in other interviews. 
and show the willingness to connect with um, your business partners or clients or investors on a more human level, showing them that you're ready for a conversation, not really, you're not really forcing them to listen through your monologue, through your prepared pitch, but you're rather open for a conversation. Of course, you need to have everything prepared, slides, numbers, facts. However, a conversation is something that will be never, I believe, never able to automate. And this is not a soft skill anymore. This is a fundamental skill that every business needs to focus on right now because that's the only thing that differentiates companies. And companies don't buy from companies. Brands don't buy for brands from brands. It's people who buy from people. It's a, it's a decision that's made on a personal level. One person in one company decides to buy from another person in another company. Had, if, had it been a different person, probably they wouldn't have bought. If you think about it, communication is a fundamental skill that is impossible to automate. That will be it for today. Thanks a lot for listening and... I wish you a lot of productive conversations and great sales.